to Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We're glad that you've joined us today as we dig into the text in the book of Genesis. But before we start with the text today, I want to go back and cover one more thing that we missed during the introduction last time. And that is that Moses is the author of the text of the book of Genesis. Now, Moses is the main character of the book of Exodus and the next few books in the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Old Testament. Moses is the author of all of those texts, and so it becomes pretty obvious that the book of Genesis is something that was supernaturally provided to Moses, miraculously given to Moses through the Holy Spirit, which is true for all of the scriptures. We believe from Second Peter that holy men of old were led along by or guided by the Holy Spirit as they wrote these texts. As Moses put pen to paper, or actually as Moses put ink to papyri, however it was that Moses wrote, he was supernaturally guided along by the Holy Spirit because obviously he wasn't around during any time of the the book of Genesis. And so God gave him these words to write for our benefit. So we believe the book of Genesis is holy of God, that it is inspired of God, that what is written, what is contained in these chapters are actually from God. That means that they are infallible. They are absolute truth, and we can trust them. Now, with that in mind, let's go ahead and begin by reading in the text today. We're going to be chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, and that's all we're going to get into today. So that's through day 3 of creation. So let's go ahead and read the text. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. Now, a few things about this text, this chapter that we need to discuss before we get into studying each of these verses. 
The first thing, the first observation is to note that the text is in poetic form. This is poetry. It is beautiful Hebrew poetry. We don't get the sense of that when it's translated to English, but in Hebrew, there is a beautiful rhythm and rhyme to what is happening here. Now, this doesn't make it any less historical or any less history. These are real events that God is performing. And secondly, God is performing these events in 24-hour increments. These are literal days, literal 24-hour days that are referenced here. For those who want to try to say that, well, the day is just representing a season of time or a a period of time, a lengthy period of time, that's not supported in the text or in the way that the word day is used throughout the rest of the Old Testament. They are literally 24-hour periods of time, and that's certainly reinforced with the seventh day and the idea that we must rest on the seventh day that comes out of God's activity or lack of activity on the seventh day. Now, the other part of this is that there are those who would say, well, the earth seems to be millions or perhaps billions of years old, that the universe is very old. How could that be if the text here indicates that the earth is somewhere around 6,000 years old or somewhere in that frame of reference? And the idea that the earth is millions and millions of years old, perhaps could be supported in the first two verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that's where some people believe that there is a pause in the action. And then verse 2, now the earth was formless and void, which describes the situation of the earth and the universe before God begins to form what he originally created long ago into what he has created for us in these acts of creation. Is that possible? I'm not a big supporter of that. And let me say this, the only way that that is possible is if it happened without the creation of any kind of life. And that's important for us to recognize. Paul said in Romans 5.12, he said, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. We must remember that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was no death, no possibility for death up until that point. So the idea that God created perhaps through evolutionary process, and there were all these dinosaurs and other kinds of life and vegetation, and then God created in that Adam and Eve, that's not possible because you can't have living creatures living and dying before Adam appeared on the scene. When Adam sinned, That was the beginning of death. So it's impossible for evolution to fit. Historically, it's impossible for it to fit. Theologically, it's certainly impossible to fit scientifically. We need to remember that the text here is true to the word. It's true to theology. It's true to science as well. 
God's word can be counted on. So here we have the creation account. Now the earth was formless and empty, verse 2. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It's interesting that this helps us to see the Holy Spirit involved in creation. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three, God in one, three in one, involved in the creation of the world. Verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. You see a pattern here that we see throughout the text where there's the creative action that takes place. There is the pronouncement of it being good and the further creative work. Then then there is a naming that's involved. And then the conclusion, there was evening, there was morning, the first day. And he calls his creation good. And we'll see later on in the chapter when he creates Man, he calls it very good. So there's an aspect of this where God is evaluating his work and he's recognizing that what he is creating is good. He's calling it good. What he's creating is good. Verse 6, let there be a vault between the waters or an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So in the original creation, there was water below and there was water above the atmosphere or above the sky, this vault, this expanse. Verse 7, so God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from above it, and it was so, and God called the vault sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. Again, a 24-hour literal day. Verse 9, God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the waters, and he called them seas, and God saw that it was good. Then, God creates all the vegetation. This happens on day three. Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. We see a a similar pattern here between all that God creates, whether it's vegetation or later on, as we'll see, the animal kingdom, and then also with mankind, who he creates in his image, that we are to produce according to our kind. We don't have the mixing of different animals, in a sense, becoming other animals or evolving from one kind of species or the primordial ooze that supposedly crawled out of the water and eventually had legs and grew and eventually became mankind. It's nonsense according to the creative order. And again, God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning and it's the third day. And that brings us to the conclusion of our text for today as we are now halfway through the creation, and it is wonderful to see that God, whatever God says, 
it is so. It just, it happens. God just speaks. We can't imagine, we, we can't fathom the power, the authority that God has, that when he speaks, it happens. We are so thankful for our God and his creative order, the power, the authority that is on display in this. It gives us a reassurance. It gives us a comfort that he is someone, the Lord is someone that we can trust because he has said so that we can look to him and we know that we don't have to be concerned about whatever may come against us, because simply by speaking, he can defeat the enemy. He has a plan and he has an order that is in place, and we are simply following that plan, following God's will, and he will bring it to completion. Just like he brought his creation to completion, he's going to bring our world to completion as well. We can trust him. We can know that he will bring it to fulfillment. Lord, thank you so much for these words that should be comforting to us, should be awe-inspiring to us, should in a sense cause us to fear you, to reverence you in the awesomeness of the creative act. You simply speak and it is so. And we stand back and we marvel and we love you. Lord, thank you so much for creating this world that you have given to us to be stewards over. And Lord, may we be faithful with our own lives to live according to your creative order and to live with a responsibility and a stewardship over what you have given us. You have provided us with so much, and we thank you for giving us your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will fulfill all that you have promised, and we look forward to that day. But until then, may we be faithful, may we serve you faithfully, and that is to live in obedience to you, to follow you, to trust you, to love you because we have been created to do these things and we find our true fulfillment and meaning and purpose in life by doing it your way. So may your creation remind us of our place and where our fulfillment and our purpose and our joy in life comes from. You have been brought us into relationship with you. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we love you and we praise you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining us here on Daily in the Word. And we look forward to continuing next time as we finish out the creation, the next three days of creation, the day of rest, and reading the rest of this poetry that is so beautiful. And I I pray that as we make our way through the rest of chapter one, you will recognize God's creative wonder and beauty. We have so much to be thankful for. Well, we'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word, and I hope that you have a great day. Take care.